Here we go again. What's up? I miss John. Oh, I get it. I get it. Brandon gives me nothing there. I know. I got nothing. I'm not creative <laughs> like that, man. What is up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Neat on Belly podcast. We are your hosts, Nate and Brandon. No John this week. He is in Atlanta at a Braves game. Mm-hmm. Good for him. <laughs> Brandon, today we are going to recap and give our reactions to last night's UFC Fight Night, Mackenzie Dern versus Jan Schaunown. Mm-hmm. We're also going to talk about Bo Nichols' insane performance on Dana White Contender Series mm-hmm. and what his future potential might be in the UFC 185-pound division. Then all the news and happenings in the world of mixed martial arts and more. But first, as promised, we have a very special guest right off the top joining us once again fresh off his debut performance at ADCC our boy the giraffe Haisam Rida yes, Haisam hey. what is up man I mean like just just enjoying life I'll say man like living the dream you know and uh, after a crazy debut like that yeah you know like just coming back you know i felt like going into that weekend and just like i went in one a different who like me and then came out like a different person if that makes sense you know absolutely well we're going to talk about it i want to know first off though right off the top coming off of a big tournament like that competing at the highest level how is the body how are you feeling like just physically mentally like where are you at because like i just it's one thing to compete at like maybe your local tournament but i just couldn't imagine you know at that level physically mentally everything just how are you doing where's everything at i mean like uh i'm I'm finally back like you know you know from everything that happened that weekend i'm finally like recovering like you know um things to me was like new experiences yeah but my body wise physically i feel good you know mentally like my confidence level is just like on a different level right now it's like yeah. oh man, you can do this mm-hmm. yeah even though like me personally i'm still not very happy because i i still went one and two which is like yeah not acceptable you know the goal was to go win everything but you know the way everything happened after my first win man I, and like everything else just kind of threw me off guard. But at the same time, you know, like I'm very grateful for the experience and just like physically I'm okay. I'm not going to be honest. There was just like this little bit of fatigue and like just the relief that, oh, it's finally over and you can just get to chill a little bit. Sure. And like, you know, refocus again and like to, to um, start preparing again for the next one. And that's our life, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, you know, you, you get that one win, but you know, to get it again, you gotta do it all over again, like mm-hmm. and even like harder now because a lot of people know about you now, so it's just like yeah, you're on the map. It's going on, you know. So yes, sir. Absolutely. Well, before we get to the matches themselves, let's start with Friday night, right? When um, you're there, they announced the brackets there live. Um, what went through your head? What was your first initial reaction when you hear Cyborg's name and then your name? called immediately after that that was going to be your first matchup i mean i i was excited because like me, me and Garmo, we had our game plan you know we didn't know who we we're gonna get first round you know and the goal was to be ready for whoever but you know you you kind of like know the first fight you kind of want to want you know to get you in that zone you know that man yeah 
had a great chance beating this guy. Sure. And like, you know, we had a, a list. I'm not naming everybody, but like, um, Cyborg was one of them. You know, really, and had a pretty good game plan if I if I gain against him. So, you know, and obviously we know that King Ryan is there, but mm. we all know nobody wants to get him first round. So to me, I had that mindset sure. of like, man, if I don't get him first round, whoever comes, man, I'm gonna be ready. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. My guy, bro. when God Ryan went, it wasn't against me. It was a little like, ooh, okay. <laughs> you know, then then the mention Cyborg, I'm like, okay. I don't know who he's going to be, but then they mentioned me in my head. I was like, okay, let's go. Mm. You know, I came out like you guys saw how like I was there. I knew this is going to be mine. Maybe yeah. the whole world all the time, but I was confident going into that fight, you know, and uh, yeah. I, I knew not even just Cyborg, everybody who was going to be there. Man, the mindset I was in, the zone I got into, I felt unstoppable, man. Everything also, yes, sir. Absolutely. So let's just go from there, man. Let's yeah. talk about it. Let's get into this just insane first matchup <laughs> with Cyborg. Um, and we'll just let you kind of talk about it, man. Talk us through that match and what you felt, how how did it feel, and anything create, you know, all of it, the environment, everything. I mean, like you know, preparing, you know, weeks going to the hype of this ADCC was, you know, the hype was there. You know, it was just like, man, it's going to be the greatest, the biggest uh, grappling event of the whole all time. And it kind of like lived up to the hype and all that stuff. You know, like when it comes to the the, the, the people who were there, the audience, like that was the most people ever in my life. So, yeah. you know, I knew that was going to be a factor if I allow it to. So I, I did a lot of visualization, like meditating, seeing myself there, seeing myself in front of people, like just I, I, expecting that. And this is ADCC, whoever I'm going to be go against first round, they're going to come prepared just like me, strong as fuck. So I, I already understand all that. So yeah. going into and I did a good job of getting into that zone where it was like I was focused on my breathing, going there. It was me against me and all my focus is going to be on my opponent. And he listened to David, which I did a great job of getting into that zone. Man, I stepped on that mat. I couldn't hear nothing. I just like, <laughs> you know, I just saw everything in slow-mo. Like, really? Uh, confidence like i could like beat him you know when i went for that two-on-one you know and just the night before i was watching one of his fight against victor hero he hit that same move you know mm -hmm. kind of like it was still in the back of my head so when i went for that two-on-one he did that you know and man thanks to jake man we're working on those underhooks yeah. trying to spin the back all that stuff i had that perfect underhook there initially i was like okay i'm gonna use him to take him down and I had it. I could have finished that takedown. But you know what? That's what I do, man. And it, I, I see a little opportunity, man. I'd rather go for the kill than, you know, trying to have a long fight. So I'm like, mm -hmm. man, fuck it. I'm yeah. Going for it. <laughs> so and, when you and when you were in that armbar position, like, did you know, like, when did you know, like, he's done? I've got it. I've got him. Yeah. You know, I, I tried to, I fell back. I threw my leg in, man. When I held it, so I'm like, man, this is strong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like this is a strong. Usually, I get that first initial, I break it, and then I come back to that. But yep. he, he, he kind of like almost pulled me up. And even this is my trainer, my boy Ty. We were working on those kind of like raccoons with my legs in, and then just doing this. Yeah. And it was the exact same kind of movement, you know. So mm. it was crazy. So I was much stronger in that position. But now when I held it and we turned to the other side, if you guys watch it, you see that I try like falling lean into the to the other side yeah. just to get and come back like that. Okay. So that, yeah. And, and I had that luck, you know. 
it's not what everybody has been taught in class. Like, oh, you don't have to cross the legs, blah, blah, blah. Hey, I'm not saying you <laughs> have to cross the legs, but... But maybe cross the leg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, if someone like strong as cyber, you got to figure some shit out. Right? Yeah, like, man. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so when I got to that level, I was like, okay, this is it, bro. And I could just hear the crowd, you know, like, and then wow. at that moment, I just could hear the noise, like that, the, the excitement. Like, man, I can't let these people down. Yeah. I can't let these people down, man. I just went with it. It was nuts, man. I mean, I, yeah. I know you don't need me to tell you, or I'm sure you've heard it a million times, but I mean, yeah. I was at home. I mean, we were watching going nuts. I mean, like like I said, the speakers on my phone were just like cracking, you know, that was so loud mm -hmm. there in the arena and stuff. Yeah. And it would just, and then the emotion afterwards, man, just talk about that feeling instantly. Like did, at that point, did you even know how quick you did that? Like, did it, you know, I know you said everything just kind of froze, but did you realize yeah, how fast, fast that happened? It was like slow motion to me. Everything happened. I saw it go yeah. by then. Yeah. And it's not something new, man. I'm like, I'm a submission guy. That's what I do. I hunt for it, you know. And uh, to me, we already knew we could do that. But like one thing that threw me off God was like, man, hey, I'm from somewhere like from a very, very humble beginning. Like it mm -hmm. took me a long route to be here, you know. And uh, I have that mindset like, oh, man, win or lose, nobody really cared that much. You know, just another kid from Ghana, like no expectation whatsoever. But like then when I just raised my hands and just – all of a sudden, like, I started hearing this noise. It was almost like an out-of-body experience. And yeah. in that moment, it just hit me, bro. It hit me like, yo, what the <laughs> fuck did I just do? Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck did I just do for these people to be going crazy for me like this, you know? Like, and it was just, like, humble, man. So, fuck. Yeah. I started, like, feeling that adrenaline pumping, like. Yeah. Which, to me, I felt like it was a fuck up, but at the same time, it was my first experience. And then, you know, I turned around, I saw my boy David, you could see the emotion in his face, and then I just break down, man. It's yeah. Like, yo, we did it. But then in that moment, I was like, yo, 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 we're not done yet. We still got more to go. What sure. are you doing? But it was too late, bro. Yeah. It was too it was too late. And then after all the emotion down, I remember just going back saying, like, yo, 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 what am I doing? We gotta refocus, we got more to go. Yeah. But I just couldn't get back into that smooth i would say or like into that zone mm -hmm. going into my first fight and uh moving forward that's one thing i'm gonna work on you know i'm already talking to you know experienced guys like what are you gonna do in moments like that mm -hmm. yeah until like i just gotta believe i'm that guy now you know i'm that guy i deserve people to share my name and like i deserve to be there so i feel like moving forward that's a great experience on my side and yeah, man, I'm gonna. We're gonna do great things. I just shouldn't let that moment overwhelm me, you know. And that was that my biggest fuck up from that weekend was like I allowed the moment to get to me, and then it just threw me off my everything. Yeah. Do you think so, you? Because you're a guy, you've competed quite a bit in a lot of different tournaments. Would you say that was there anything even close to that prior to your ADCC experience? Like, or do you think that was just such another level? No matter what you would have done, that just kind of was that big of a moment for you. And like I've competed, like I've been a lot of big fights, you know, in front of crowds, but nothing compared to that, man. Mm -hmm. That was a different atmosphere, like different like just like when i get that i couldn't hear myself like breathe i couldn't talk to david in that moment and i'm not gonna say well that's one of the craziest reactions from the crowd that whole tournament 
Yeah. So maybe if I just won, I had a normal win, maybe by points or so. It would have been normal. I wouldn't have, you know, stayed in there. But I think that was a special reaction from the crowd, like a special moment. And uh, yeah, it just got, almost got bigger than me, I would say. But mm. I, I was talking to Nate and some of the guys before, um, after the tournament too. You know, I, sometimes I, I forget because ADCC is every two years, right? But it just yeah. like, there's just something about ADCC, right? Because we watch jujitsu all year, but then when you see everybody come together on that stage specifically, even rematches that we've seen, it's it's just got a special feel for that ADCC, man. It's a really fun tournament to watch. Yeah, man. And like, it's, it's like a dream tournament for every grappler, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for me, the way I... I got to this level. And I remember 2019, like I was watching back in Japan. I had no idea how I'm going to get on it. You know, I didn't yeah. know the next one is going to be there. So in that moment, everything hit me. I'm like, man, I'm on the, I'm on the biggest stage, one of the biggest grappling tournament. And I just did this and like, look at the reaction from the crowd. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, wow. And like, just like I was saying to you guys, I won in, I got there on a Thursday. I went to the arena to cheer my teammates competing the ADCC Open. You know, just working around Martin's big, Martin's, like, no big deal. The only guys who I was kicking with, my, my Detroit guys, or like, you know, some guys from the Midwest who recognized me somehow. To like Friday, same after the rains, you know. I remember we went to the Uber section with just everybody. Yeah. You know, just the crowd and like just one or two people recognized, like, yo, good luck tomorrow, something like that. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to, after Saturday, I swear to God, I got the arena on the Sunday morning. It took me like an hour to get past through the gates. Wow. Just so many people. recognized me like, yo, that was crazy. And yeah. all the stuff, I'm like, I started to be like, yo, maybe that was actually really crazy. Yeah. You know, then people just like, one person starts to take a picture and I realize it's just like a long ass line. <laughs> and I'm in that situation that you kind of want to go, but you don't want to be, you know, like, he can't really say no. And, yeah, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. And I, we were talking about this. Me and David was working. He didn't realize that I got stopped. So he kept working. And he was looking for me for like 10 minutes. <laughs> Man, and it's, then it's somebody so- told him like, yo, he's still at the entrance. I'm like, yo, bro. <laughs> so somehow we faked the phone call and I had to like go back. And yeah. This, like trying to fuck us for that well, absolute, man. it's so crazy it is crazy man like that's something and i feel like that's something that you can't account for going into a turn you know something like that where it's like you did something that honestly changed your your life your competitive life forever like you've arrived you know you're you're on the map now and and you did it in front of the biggest jujitsu crowd and you know history and it's like when it matters the most right yeah it's just you can't i mean it's so hard to prepare for that i'm sure and, and unless you're doing it like you just have to experience it like you did you know yeah, I remember I was just talking with like Jake and all that stuff. Like, man, I you know visualizing it, but I didn't visualize that. Man, that threw me off. God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know so, it's good. Well, yeah. so real That's quick, it. going into so then you know you get the win, and then before your your second match with Roosevelt, so so I know you said like mentally you just you you couldn't get back into it, right? You were kind of out. Was there any part of you though going into that match? Like, did you know where the bracket would? Did you know if you won that match, Gordon would be your next fight? And if so, was that something that you were thinking about as well going into that match? Yeah, I, I knew like um, if I if I was gonna fight Gordon, it would be one of like the most excited fight the crowd or yeah. the fans were gonna see. Yeah. So you know, we kind of talk about it a little bit and then go into it. But I still didn't want to like overlook my sure. opponent or something like that. And to me, actually working into that, I was like. The battle was against myself, you know, like 
I, I knew I, I could take him skill wise. Yeah. You know, nah, I did it. He just got caught me flat footed at some point and get a yeah. takedown. And I just couldn't get back or score back on him. But, you know, but yeah, and honestly, I didn't, you know, even though I'm a little disappointed, I didn't get to go against Gordon. And I still believe, like, if anything, in that group, you know, that everybody that wins against him, I had a better chance, yeah. you know, even though of like catching him, like, that's that my game, my speed, and like my strength. Like, I know I could make something happen. So I was really excited to go for him. So I was a little disappointed on that. But also, it's just like, it was me in this at, at the end of the day, you know. Uh, I didn't kind of look over, overlook Roosevelt, but also I caught myself trying to play it safe. Sure. Too much. And uh, you know, man, we we make mistakes, we learn. And to me, it's just like this is a new stage for me, and uh, I try not to be too hard on myself and just use it as an experience and like moving on. And man, there's a lot of big lineups for me. You know, I can't really I kind of undisclose everything right now, but. <clears throat> Man, this is just the beginning, and I'm gonna go against all these big names eventually. Yeah. And with this experience that I have, man, I know I belong there. I've always believed that. It's just like finally people are saying it. So. Yeah, we can get. We're gonna ask you about something real quick that we know you have coming up, where you might be a chance to get some of these guys back. Um, but before we do, with the absolute, um, how long after that Sosa match, you know, you know, you're in the back. Did they notify you that there was a potential that you could go into the absolute, or maybe they told you you would be in the absolute? How long until you knew for sure you were in it? Uh, right after I, I lost again, uh, Sosa, like Mo was sitting there, like Mo and like uh, all these other guys, and then you know. I just reach out to him to thank him, like, yo, really, thanks for the opportunity. Sorry for the disappointment, but thanks for the opportunity to give me the chance to be here, you know. So, and while I was working away, he's like, hey, are you interested in doing the absolute? In that moment, I just kind of said yes, and um, that's how it is. So he said, okay, I'll, I'll keep you noted, you know, that's uh, because uh, he's going to be done with all the finals and then yeah. decide to be in it or not. So I was chilling until like 5 p.m. the next day, you know, after I got was taking pictures for like two hours. So you didn't know until Sunday that you were going to be Sunday on nine PM. So what do you do there between Saturday and Sunday like that night? Like were you just trying to trying to, you know, did you go get a light roll in? Did you just go out take your mind off of it? No, I didn't go out. I well, me and the boys we went out to grab dinner, that was about it. And went back to my room and just like you know, just waiting i didn't know yeah. if just, just be more relieved or just to stay in like you know competition mode yeah but it was just on and off and my phone was just blowing up emails yeah, i could imagine this is this is crazy this yeah. is great and i even like working the next morning walking on the strip it's just like everywhere i go it's just like crowd want to take pictures like man you guys want to take pictures with me it was weird so all these new experiences some excitement trying to get in the yeah. fighting mode. it was hard man mm, sure so, absolutely and then for that match with john carlo you know what was your kind of game plan going into that um you know being the bigger guy as well and then i mean obviously yeah. he had just won the minus 88 um division uh-huh. so you know he's no slouch obviously so what what was kind of what was your game plan kind of going into that match Shout out to uh, John Carlo, man. He, he, yeah. I, I, I fought him, I think, last year at the Who's Number One Championship mm-hmm. for the third place. I won. Um, this time, he, he he came in really strong. But one thing that threw me off guard, I was expecting him to stand up more because watching all that weekend, he was more on his feet. So I thought like he was working more on his wrestling. So I was expecting him to stand up with me. Sure. But he pulled guard and then, like, uh, yeah. 
Uh, I, I thought I could keep him down for a little bit until like closer to that time. But like I said, I was looking to go for that jump, mm-hmm. you know, kind of look for the kill right away. But yeah. And he, he was just like the better guy. And fuck, for whatever reason, he, he had that, you know, pinned me in the wrong side. <clears throat> no excuses. He, he was the better guy that, that sure. fight. So I had to rewatch it. And like I said, man, like I just trying to move on from that weekend and like learn Absolutely. from my mistakes and you know like i said we're gonna meet again moving forward so mm-hmm. i'm just excited for the future i'm excited for the future you know even though i'm disappointed i'm not down because i know my ability i know i can step i can bounce back real quick yeah and, long and with moving forward you know you talked about the things mentally that you know you're gonna try to to stay focused in but what about your actual like jujitsu game is there anything like moving forward do you view your game differently or are you gonna make what's the biggest change say you're gonna make to your game moving forward if anything if anything yeah yeah, let's like I'm um, constantly. There's always gonna be you gotta be doing changes. You're gonna be growing. Like you know, like right now, um, I feel like I'm gonna be having more eyes on myself. So I cannot, I can't keep doing the same stuff. You know, so to, at the end of the day, it's just like trying to work on new tricks. You know, my guard sure. games. I can always get better in my guard. I can always get better in my passing. You know, and obviously, like look at what I did wrong in my fights that I that went wrong. Apart from that mental aspect too, there's definitely always a technical error there's always something i could do better so it's just like i can like not really necessarily say oh i just want to work on this specific stuff sure i just can then see what do i say what can i improve in at this level to be honest that's where we are we already know our style we already know but it's like okay what else could i improve on what could i have done better to slow this attack down or like mm-hmm. do this like that you know yeah. that's what i watch tapes for and then trying to improve and uh, when I'm in that same situation again, to do better, you know. So, yeah, yeah it's a step-by-step thing, you know, and they're trying to get better every day. Absolutely. Well, speaking of moving forward, <laughs> October 23rd, EBI yep. 20, you are announced that you are competing in the Absolute Division. A lot of these guys that we've just mentioned, Roosevelt Sosa, you know, um, Giancarlo. Giancarlo's in it, you Nikki know, Rod. Nikki Rod, um, Elder Cruz, who you've you've faced recently in W all these guys are in this division. What can you tell us about this absolute bracket and your thoughts going into that? All right. So, uh, with the EB absolute, actually, I'm not going to be in it anymore. Oh, uh, okay. So, sorry. <laughs> hey, and, they still uh, have you. They still have you on the official flyers. So. Yeah, like a little confusion going into that because okay. I heading into the week that in the weekend after like before ADCC, I already said like, guys, it's like a little, you know, and that the, the fight that I have lined up is a different rule set. I don't really do EBI rule set that much. So I'm okay. like, yeah, I'm just going to not do it this time because also I have bigger or a bigger tournament, which are so close. Yeah. But for the reason I stayed on that, <laughs> stayed on the, the poster, which, you know, is, is misleading, but hey. Yeah. But also, you know, right now I can't really disclose it, but, you know, who's number one and other stuff is up next. So nice. I'm more, Let's go. Forward, you know. <laughs> and that's my start too. You know, I like to, go wow uh, you know uh one fights submission only yeah that's one guy yeah that's well, my I, cup of tea. let's go i had some uh ebi rule set questions so those are off the list now <laughs> we're just, we're just, i was curious uh, I, you know i was like I, yeah i was like how's he gonna approach this you know it's so different but forget yeah. about those and somebody needs to tell yeah. craig, craig jones even brandon just was talking yeah, about he mentioned in one of the the b team videos he threw your name out there i was like hi son's got some notoriety man they're yeah. watching out for him <laughs> yeah they were talking about you being in it so yeah. 
they're preparing. Oh, wow. for, they're preparing for you. You're not even gonna be there. Who cares? <laughs> man, oh, my bad. My bad. <laughs> no, hey, hey, no. It's cool, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But but you can say that there will be something before the end of the year for sure. You're gonna be. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Awesome. Maybe real soon. Real soon. You guys gotta see, it. and it's a really exciting one too. So. Oh, I can't wait, man. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Heisem, we know you've got another uh, interview to do today, so we're not we're gonna let you go, man. Uh, honestly, cannot thank you enough, dude. You know we talked about it. Yeah, you have an open invite forever on this podcast, and whatever you have, whatever you have coming up next, man. Let's when it's announced and stuff, we'd love to have you back to talk about hey, it. For real, for real, I'm more than happy to do that. Absolutely, you know, um, and also uh, let's talk about the uh, the new rash guard real quick, actually, because I pre-ordered mine from the Hyperfly. Oh, thank you, bro. Yeah, thank absolutely, you. absolutely. I, I read I read the fine fine print. Was a little bummed to find out that the abs, shoulders, and biceps were not included. Um, but I'm, 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 I'm gonna work on that part of it because I, I I can't, you know, <laughs> you filled it out pretty good. Um, but it's still a great buy. Um, but real That's quick, good. but real quick about that because we know you've been sponsored by Hyperfly. Um, but um, just talk about real quick getting your own custom rash guard made and then how involved were you in that process and maybe the design elements or anything because I know you know the draft and it's got the yeah. the black star on it for Ghana and stuff your flag so were you really involved in that process or oh, yeah yeah actually like um you know I had the idea you know uh, me and my boy uh, Lawrence he's like you know um the the graphic designer like hyperfly one of the, the guys there you know we talk about like creating it that was back in like january something like that when i was back in san diego you know yeah so i had that idea in my head and like okay which could be i didn't even know i was gonna be on adcc at that time you know that was fast forward after elder cruz fight and then i got the invitation to the adcc so I was like, okay maybe this is the good when is the best opportunity to wear a custom rice guy sure on, yeah you know so I, I i was like okay i mean i kind of want to make something but also i don't want the whole thing to be just like a giraffe all around you know yeah like you know hyperfly they have that their logo where they just like yeah the, yeah like, hey, maybe we could do like the same stuff but it's sort of like the right color we could make it into a giraffe skin mm-hmm. so i just had the idea you know and uh but also it's like i kind of want to wrap my country but at the same time you know, I kind of learned every school in Japan and now I'm living in America, so I cannot include everything in it. Yeah. So like just here, I kind of came up with like the Ghana flag with the black star in the middle, Yeah. you know, to symbolize it. And I have the flags there, you know, just a little bit of story where I'm from, you know, where, where I learned like, you know, all these martial arts skills and where I'm living the dream, which is America, you know, so gotcha. uh, and then like, you know, obviously the giraffe skin, giraffe kills lions. So I had the idea and actually one of my boys at uh, um, Brandon, the scar, we call him, he's a member, you know, one of the instructors at, at assembly, you know, so <clears throat> I, I had the idea, but I'm not very good when it comes to sketching and all that. So I was, he was just in there at lunch, like, hey, are you good with sketching? I'm like, yeah. So I'm like, okay, this is the idea I have. He's, he's sketching down. I reached out to Lawrence and then we made it happen. And, yeah. you know, he had a better, like, Mac house and everything like that. So it was sick. It's a sick design. Yeah. I'm not even just saying I, that, man. Like, very cool. I will have so, mine by the time we come roll with you for sure. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. So, and I, I keep sorry. One more thing. And then I promise we're going to let you go. Your mm-hmm. cyborg moment, the Joe Rogan podcast, man. How is that having Joe Rogan, you know, shouting you out for that performance i i mean just i couldn't imagine i mean like 50 million people listen to every episode or something no big deal 
<laughs> wow, right. That, that, that's crazy too. I remember um out of that turn, it's like I think one person just sent a message like, yo, Joroga is talking about you, uh, episode this and that. And that was like that. And then like 10 minutes later, tags on Instagram, names, yeah. followers is just like piling up. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. But it was like, you know, I've been a huge fan of that podcast itself. And Joroga yeah. uh, is like doing huge for the BJJ community. Mm-hmm. For him to even acknowledge, you know, and you know, even pronounce my name—that's a, a surreal yeah. experience. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's crazy. That's crazy. Really. Well, Heisen, man. Once again, can't thank you. We're gonna come up. We're gonna get some training in soon. Um, we're gonna we're gonna take you out for some Baja Blast for sure as well. Uh, uh, and then let's get you back on, man. When that whenever your next uh, match is is announced as well, let people know before yeah. we let you go where they can find you, reach you, all that stuff. Hey, uh, is the giraffe reader like you can find me on Instagram? Hi, some AJJ. Um, pre order the giraffe rush got it's now out on the Hyperfly website. You know, I appreciate all the support, and like, uh, you can follow my page on Facebook as well. Reader Hi, some official. Also, I appreciate the support, guys. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You've got a DVD out on BJJ Fanatics, right? Yeah. Also, yeah. you can check out my DVD on BDD Fanatics. It's called The Pass and Trap. Pass and Trap, that's and right. And how I set up some of my my passing to set up the camera traps, etc. Let's go. Love it. And the Neon Belly video is coming soon. We're going to hold you yeah, to oh. it. We're holding you to it. <laughs> we, hey, we got <laughs> you. Me, man. We're holding it. We got, yes, you. We got, got you. you. We got you. One All more right, time guys. for our boy, Hysab Rita. Thank you, guys. Oh, I appreciate it. Oh, we appreciate right. you too, man. Thank you. Thank you. Later. Sarah, peace. Later, man. There he is, the one and only High Rita. What a guy. Just just awesome guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me switch us back over. All right. Brandon, still we, here. we still have a whole episode to do. I yeah. could talk to that guy all day. I know. I, yeah, <laughs> he's, he deserves to be his own episode for sure. Yeah, I know. Just so, man, and he's always just so open and so willing to talk. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's... Obviously, like we said, he's just always been so gracious uh, with his time for, to us, and so we can't can't thank him enough for that as well. Um, and go hit him up, yeah, Heisem. Um, his his Instagram. I know he's wanting to do some uh, some seminars. He's talking about so you know have him the BJJ fanatics as well um, helps support him. And then the mm-hmm. Rash Guard. I saw Hyperfly did put that. Um, they're splitting the revenue of that rash guard with him. So it supports him and his, his career and whatever he's got next, man, we'll let you guys know. And, uh, we'll have him back on for sure. hundred percent. Awesome guy. All right, let's move on, Brandon. This sat, well, first we can't move on without asking the people to rate, follow and <laughs> sub. So why don't you take us away? Brandon? All right, guys. So every week we ask you to do the same thing. We need you to follow us, give us some likes, give us some rates. Um, most importantly, if you can, if you're on Apple, give us five star review and give us a yes. written review as well. We will shout you out on the pod. We'll read it. Um, that gives us the growth and some notoriety to kind of get spread across the, across the America, across the globe. Um, but you can also find us on Find us on some other platforms on Instagram. We're on Spotify. Um, we've got a couple things on YouTube and uh, TikTok. We're big on TikTok now. So you can catch us on all of those sites at Neon Belly Podcast and uh, follow us. Follow, follow. Brandon, you ready? I'm ready. Because last night, well, this past Saturday, I've gotten away from that. I thought, I, I thought I'd clean that up. Apparently not. <laughs> this last Saturday, this last Saturday. Oh, boy. We're a mess. Yeah. We got to reel it back in. <laughs> this past Saturday, Yon Shoutdown defeating Mackenzie Dern via majority decision. 
one judge scoring this fight a draw. We can get to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. But this was a fantastic fight. Um, this division, this strawweight division, mm-hmm. is so fun. And these ladies lived up to the hype of everything that's happening in that division right now. Absolutely. Um, this definitely panned out like your classic striker versus grappler matchup yeah. for sure. You know, <laughs> Jan obviously dominated the striking exchanges and Dern looking so dangerous on the ground. Mm-hmm. Jan won this fight in rounds one, three, and four by defending takedowns and just outstriking Dern every time they were on the feet. Mm-hmm. To win her first UFC main event fight, um, Dern did win rounds two and five, uh, and Jan got out of round two. I don't actually. Let me say this: I don't know how Jan Shaunown got out of round two with a decorated jujitsu champ like Dern being in some of those positions. Mm. It's just nuts, and especially when you go back, like we talked about last week, where you watch that Carla Esparza fight, and Carla was able to just staple Jan to the mat, right? Mm-hmm. And so maybe some of that is like we need to put more respect on Carla Esparza's name as a champion, but I think a lot of that also give credit to Jan Shaunown and you know the guys there at Team Alpha Male for getting her ready and making those improvements to her game to where this is what we're seeing out of her now because I thought that was a great improvement in her game. Yeah, definitely want to give credit where credit's due in terms of the um, the improvements she's made in the wrestling defense and the ability to kind of hold off on the ground. with this, Like you said, somebody as decorated as McKenzie, I mean, especially at the very end there, right? Like McKenzie oh. in that fifth round gets, gets that armbar position completely locked, yeah. but Jan has the awareness to be able to to turn her hips and slip the elbow out of right at the last minute. I mean, the omoplata. Just, I mm-hmm. thought when, when Mackenzie Dern had that omoplata oh locked gosh. up, it looked so tight. Yeah, that looked really bad. Um, a lot of flexibility there on the shoulders for Yon. Good for her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, she looked really good. I, um, the only thing I'll say about the Esparza and um, being able to staple Yon, I feel like that is the difference between somebody who's able to have really good offensive wrestling mm-hmm. and because that's a, like a takedown. The way Esparza hits them is is a hundred percent different mm-hmm. from McKenzie Dern butt scooting into like a shin on shin guard, yeah. right? It's crazy. So, it was weird. Uh, and in that plays, they're both ground, but that's just there's a stark difference there in terms of how that looks in terms of the way it plays out. Um, because the wrestling ability, you know, you, you could put Yon on her back, whereas with the butt scooting jiu-jitsu, sure. you have to sweep and then start getting your offense going right. from there. So, And I've got something on that in a minute, but before I get to that, I do want to real quick also talk about that fifth round because Jason Perillo in the corner telling Mackenzie Dern, you're going to lose this fight. We have to finish. You just have to basically go for it. And we've heard Jason Perillo have to tell Mackenzie mm-hmm. Dern this before in fights, but credit to Mackenzie Dern, man, because she did just that. I mean, she came out in that fifth round like a bat out of hell I mean just went for it man and you can tell how bad she wanted I mean she was almost crying before that fifth round I think you could tell they even talked about on commentary she did look very frustrated Mm -hmm. um but you can tell how bad Mackenzie Dern wanted to win this fight again. Um, and But once again, a credit to Jan Shaunown defending some... I mean, Mackenzie was all over her <laughs> in that fifth round. Comes out, one judge gives this, you know, a draw. And I'm going to be so honest with you. I thought we were going to have a draw in this fight. I thought you could make a case for 10-8 really in rounds two and five. But, yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. It... I feel like we've gotten to a place now where it's just so hard to know like what these judges are really looking for to mm-hmm. score 10-8s because, I mean, 
especially in that second round, Dern had like what two, maybe three legitimate submission attempts where like could have finished the fight. Yeah, and how many strikes did she land in that in that round alone? Yeah, that were just completely unanswered. Yeah, right. So that was in my, the fifth. You mean right? Well, the second and the yeah, fifth. the fifth was more. I felt like the fifth. Like if yeah, if nothing else, if you're not going to score the submission attempts, McKenzie was landing unanswered ground shots yeah. the whole time. And like that's something I wanted to talk about too because I feel like. There, the you have to intelligently defend yourself, right? Yes. So what does that mean? Because I wonder if we were to just switch out fighters for a second, yeah. put Glover Teixeira on top of um, yeah. Yuri Prohasha, sure. and then play out that exact same sequence. Yeah, I feel like that fight's getting stopped. It's a good point. And I, but and that's not me trying to play into like the whole sexist thing, but it's just like well, there is. I mean, they, well, there, I'm not saying there is, but there is an argument for that because that has been talked about before. Yeah, and so like to me, it's just I, I just feel like any other fighter um fight let's say that's that second round is stopped just because yeah. again there was just so many unanswered so shots rough. um so but but it wasn't so yeah. i mean good it, credit to yan so and, and i don't want to yes and and that's so fair and I, I just think it's worth mentioning like if you do look at it man i genuinely when that bell hit at fit the after the fifth round i was like that's a draw man because mm. i really felt like yan won three and i thought there was a case for at least one 10 eight round between the second and fifth for Dern, yeah. if not both of those rounds i thought second round for me personally was yeah. definitely a 10-8 it's crazy man um but like i said not to take away from yan's big right. win but it's hard not to walk away from this fight thinking takedown finishing abilities are the only thing at this point separating Mackenzie Dern from a world championship opportunity and not. And, um, you know, the, sure, the striking still isn't perfect, um, but how much would that really matter if she could just use it enough to get to the grappling like we saw her do in this fight, mm -hmm. but then be able to finish those takedown attempts, man, because she gets there with it. Yeah. But she just doesn't have that. It's just not. It's just not in there. And that's again, who, who right? We're blue, two blue belts right. with zero fight experience. Sure, so absolutely. Like, take, take this for what it's worth. But to see Mackenzie Dern get deep on single legs up to the thigh, yeah. and then on a few occasions have it down to the ankle, completely extended, mm -hmm. and not be able to finish those is just like man, you know, off the cage at that. Um, you know, that's to me that's. Those are those should be automatic finishes, yeah. right? For a jujitsu player, especially, yeah. um, and to just struggle with defense. Again, credit to Jan's <laughs> takedown defense, right? That's important to consider here. It is. But some of those positions, man, the, to to me, those should have been finished takedowns, yeah. and uh, they just weren't. And they're not. And that, and that's it. Is like yes, don't want to take anything. The balance that Jan Shaunaun displayed is unhuman like right it's mm -hmm. it's fantastic but we've just seen it in so many fights that mckenzie's had and it's like maybe every straw weight uh female fighter has great balance and they she just can't do it. but it's like at some point it's like well maybe it's not that as much as it's just she just needs to figure out that little finishing ability because like you said it's not even just female fighters it's not like with male it, we just across the board in mixed martial arts when you see single legs especially in that deep somebody's going down my thinking is why not specify it so think of damian Maya, right mm -hmm. he didn't typically he wasn't throwing out blast doubles yeah. he wasn't hitting high, he was gonna single leg just to step outside yep. a single leg right same and thing just pretty got, much right yeah. and for mckenzie she's so aggressive and so forward moving like yeah. i just i just feel like a blast double from hers that's it man you don't even have to have a, yeah. a big level change just be willing to drop your head and just drive yeah and you i'm 
to me, that's the, again, like you said, difference between her fighting for championship title. Yeah. And well, and yeah, and you, you, you laid it out perfectly with Carlos Spars. It's the difference between having the ability to take somebody down and then relying on a buck scoot to go shin to shin in a mixed martial Which arts. Which she did and had some success and with. And so it's hard to be critical, <laughs> but you just think if she could take her down though and not do it that way, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, Mackenzie Dern on top. I mean, credit to Jan, she did defend Dern's you know, top attacks with yeah. the submissions, but 99% of the time, 98% of the time, I feel like she's going to finish those fights. Yeah. And like, even with the butt scooting, I, you could hear Jan's corner, watch for the wrestle up, watch yeah. for the wrestle up. And it never happened. No. And that would have been a fantastic Good. opportunity yeah. to work on some wrestle ups there. Right. I agree. Um, but her jiu-jitsu is just that sound. Yes. But I will remain. And I said it last week and I still feel the same way about Mackenzie Dern. She wants to be a world champion. She's going to keep getting better. I know she was crushed after that fight last night. Um, and I think she, I still think there is championship ceiling potential for her. It's just going to be getting that wrestling aspect figured out to her game or a better way of, of you know. I, I genuinely believe it's just one takedown. Pick a takedown point, and yeah. get really, really proficient with it. That's the, that single leg. She gets lady. She gets these fighters on the cage all the time with her forward pressure. She does enough with the hands to back them up. She can, she can initiate those ties, all right? The, mm-hmm. You know, crawler, double unders, whatever. Yeah. It's just like once she's there, it's just not. It's just tough. It's yeah. tough for her to, to find a way to the ground. Yeah. But. And then now for Jan, um, she does get back in the win column after dropping those two straight. Mm-hmm. And as we mentioned last week, Amanda Limoges versus uh, Marina Rodriguez is next. And I still think if Marina wins that fight, um, she will probably get the next shot for the title, having beat Jan and Dern, as we discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how this division sh- shakes out with that fight. And then, you know, we still have the title fight itself with Zhang Wei Li and Carla Esparza coming up. Um, but I'd imagine Jan's going to need at least one more win to get back to the title. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Like I said, it's there's a it's kind of like the men's bantamweight division. There's a bunch of fights coming up that it's like we can kind of put the pieces together once these last two fights happen. So right. I think that's kind of where Jan's at now. But I still feel like having lost two in a row to the yeah. current champ and probably the bang on number one contender outside of Zhang Wei Li, um, she's going to probably have to win one more. Um, but we'll see because we got to see how everything shakes out. I do want to throw out one more thing because if I yeah. say, if I say something on this pod and I'm utterly wrong, I will admit it. And I said last week that this McKenzie Yon fight was a little bit of a mismatch to me, and boy oh. was I wrong. Yeah. Yon <laughs> showed me up. Okay, it's so, a great fight. Um, yeah, no, it was a great fight. And the rankings, I even mentioned the rankings too. Yeah. The rankings they were a lot closer than I guess I had realized. That's my sure. my mistake there. Um, but no, so I just wanted to walk well, that back. I, you know. I I think it's kind of like what we saw with Song Yidong and Corey Sanhagen. It's like number four versus number 10 where you're like, how? But it's like anybody that knows anything knows that Song Yidong is better than that mm-hmm. 10th position, right? And I think it was the same thing for Wei Li, or uh, not Wei Li, uh, Sha Nao, yeah. where it's like, if you, like I said last week, if yeah, she's lost two in a row, but she won 13, 14 in a row before that. <laughs> yeah. And the two that she lost to, one's the champ and one is, like I said, looking like the next big contender mm-hmm. at that division. So I don't think it'll completely told the story, but she's just like, just like Dern though. I think every time Jan gets in there and getting that five round experience was huge yeah, for her massive, as well. Massive. The co-main event, Brandon, Randy, rude boy Brown defeats Fran Cisco Trinaldo via unanimous decision. Uh, Randy Brown making it four wins in a row here. Um, um, Trinaldo made it a bit interesting winning the third round because yeah. the second round was a bit close there. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't know. You know, I felt, <laughs> I did feel like 
the decision was right. I, d- I felt like after watching that second round that Randy did enough to win that second round. But it was interesting, Trinaldo winning that third round. Yeah. Um, but have to believe that Randy Brown's heading to the top 15 after that win. Yeah, he definitely needs a ranked opponent. <sighs> little little interested with the gas tank of Randy Brown. Really? I, I, f- I feel like that might be a little bit of a of a something to, to look at. Um, the, the fight before last, if I remember correctly. <clears throat> with Chaos Williams. Yeah. Um, that was something I, they were both swinging yeah. like, like mad men. But if I remember right, the second end of the second and then the third round, especially Randy started to slow a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious to see if that's something that, that maybe I'm just totally missing or if it's something they address. Um, but yeah, that was the only kind of takeaway from me on the negative end of Randy Brown. But other than that, man, he looked good. He's big I mean, for he's, he's long, so, long. so hard to get So how much trouble did Trinaldo have getting on the inside? Yeah. Right. Like just, just couldn't do it. Yeah, and, and just that alone, the size was always going to be a nightmare yeah, for Trinaldo. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there was that, but um, beyond that too. I mean, he looked pretty good on the ground. I think you know it was a third round. I think he was a little gas, but I know he's mm-hmm. got some fancy tricks there with those long leg, long legs of his. I was impressed by his guard a little mm-hmm. bit. You know, Trinaldo passed, and he would always regard yeah. very like. I was a little bit impressed. You know, like I said, Trinaldo won it with his top pressure and landing some nice shots there. But yeah, I was kind of like, okay, like yeah. Randy's got a little bit of a guard. Well, that's what I'm saying. I feel like if you happen to see Randy on his back in round one, you would have seen a totally different guard. Mm, I just have that feeling. Um, sure. So, but we'll see as he kind of continues on in his career, gets some more fights under yeah. his belt. Um, so, yeah. I do want to pit stop here real quick off the fight, kind of still involving the fight. Because um, I want to ask you about something that happened there in the first round. Um, Trinaldo attempted a takedown that seemed like he would have easily gotten it had Randy Brown not have grabbed yeah. the cage and it kind of started a very interesting conversation on commentary with John Anik and uh, Paul Felder and Dominic Cruz there um, what do you do there you know that's kind of like what Anik said like what are you supposed to do because he was definitely going to take Randy Brown down but Randy grabbed the fence and then Felder I believe it was said you really honestly because there's nothing no rules or anything in place for that um, you know if you do it repeatedly you can take points but there's no rules like if somebody's attempting a takedown you know because you can't it's so subjective right but like that's what I think it was Felder was like you really have nothing to lose by grabbing that cage right there because you're not oh, going to lose once. points. Yeah. You're not going to have to give up the position, you know, because even if they were like, well, if we thought you were going to take him down, you know, we're going to start the gra- the fight. Now we're going to reset on the ground in the guy's guard. But it's like, you can't even really do that because it's like, you don't know where they're going to land. Right. When they hit. So how do you subjectively, you know, it's, it's, it, it is a good question, but it's like, I guess as a fan, um, is there anything there for you that you would maybe want to see implemented or changed? Cause here's the thing. It's happening against Randy Brown and Francisco Trinaldo. You don't want to see it happening in Oliveira versus Islam, right? To where yeah. it could change the dynamic of a fight. Do you think, it, like, because that one that we saw last night was very obvious, very it blatant. Was, yeah, it was do you bad. Do you think that is worthy of a point? Because it's so standout, so, so obvious. I think that, man, it's tough because I feel like to make it, yes, I do think it is. I, but I feel like to to make that system work, I feel like you would have to implement instant replay and mixed martial arts, and maybe rightfully so, I'm not going to argue that today, has done everything in their power to prevent or keep instant replay, stopping the fight, letting Mm -hmm. the ref go look at the camera. They're kind of doing everything to keep that out of the sport. Maybe, like I said, I'd have to deep dive and really think more about that. I don't want to argue that today, but I think 
when it's that plain and obvious, probably worth taking a point because yeah. that's the only way you're going to stop guys from doing it because, like Felder said, you have nothing to lose by doing it one time. Um, but I think to do it effectively in the right way, you would have to stop the fight, do instant replay, yeah, but all I, that. But to me, like that, like the, a, a cage grab like that is significantly different from like any other penalty, let's say, right? Sure. Like, like an accidental uh, cup shot or yeah. an eye poke. Like a fence grab is so... Even if it's like, oh, it was just an instinct, but it's so monumental to ha- like a t- it's a takedown. And how much do we talk right. about how important the ability to take somebody it's down big. is? But if you prevent that, um, you know, in that way, such an obvious way, I think to me, like you said, I think that's worthy of a point immediately. That, but that's what I'm saying. You know, it's it, here. It is. It's one thing when it happens in this fight. It's another thing when it's Islam versus all, Charlie Olives in a couple of weeks, where yeah. you're like, oh, that just change this whole fight you mm-hmm. know i mean I, and i don't want to project that on that fight but you know what i'm saying like when <laughs> when when the stakes are a little bit higher mm-hmm. it just it, it could change a fight so it's like but then it's like is that really harsh to take a whole because in taking a whole point changes the whole fight so i'm but again but I it's think- a, if it's a penalty that's what i'm saying i think there just needs to be they have to implement the direct language that it's a penalty but it's still going to be a bit subjective, which a lot of things in other sports are as well. So I think it's way more. But again, I think to me, like it's way harder to prove that somebody intentionally hit like a cup shop or an eye poke. Sure. Even if you want to say it was instinctual to grab the cage. Yeah. It's it. That's just so dis- different to me. Fair. So I think it, that's where it's worth, you know, implementing that. Yeah. Because if a guy's got his hands locked and he's elevating and the guy like, you know, that's going to be a take. Yeah. And you did that. Yeah. One. And and I don't think it's always like, I don't think Randy Brown was like, whoop, grab. I think it's just instinctual. Yeah. For yeah. a lot of people. I mean, I'm sure it is. We're all designed like if even in everyday life, if you fall, you're trying to grab something to catch yourself. So but until we have something in place to deter guys from doing yes, it, like I agree. In, in, an, in an alternative. So like eye pokes, for instance, right, you have to keep the hands, the fingers uh, maybe right. maybe against the cage. I, I don't know. Maybe you have to. I don't know what that would look like. You keep your hands flat. Yeah. You have to keep your knuckles against the cage or something. But yeah. you know something like that. Absolutely. Next fight that I want to mention: Super Sadiq Youssef. Hold on. There we go. Thirty seconds. Defeating Don Shanus via thirty second guillotine. <laughs> Uh, Shayna's was a last-minute fill-in. You know, Sadiq, we'd mentioned, was supposed to fight Giga Chikadze last week. It got canceled, and then he was rebooked this week to face uh, Shayna's. So, you know, credit for Don Shayna's taking a shot here at, at a guy ranked a lot higher than Sadiq. But Sadiq doing exactly what he needed to do here against an opponent like Don. No, no offense there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, let's just stop because those early knees from Sadiq that he yeah. was laying <laughs> like I would love to talk to Don today and just know, love to know how's how, your ribs feeling how's your how's your uh how's your urine tracking today like how's <laughs> how's everything because those things were sick mm-hmm. I mean crazy and then to lock up that that guillotine the way he did and Dominic Cruz talking about apparently this is something he's working on and there there's a lot it's not just like a traditional guillotine I didn't really understand what Cruz was saying there mm. um but said that he's uh, Sadiq is training with a lot of very high-level black belts, and apparently Dom was in the room when they were working on this and said it's it's a front head. I can't remember how he was really explaining it. Well, I wondered. It didn't seem like his hands were locked, so I wondered what the hand placement was. Uh, yeah. I couldn't really tell. I couldn't either. Um, but I'm, maybe it has something to do with that, the ability to cut off the yes. airflow with just one arm like that. I don't know. But it's still a good win for him. Uh, then called out the Korean zombie, and I say, yes, sir. Yeah, that's a fun one. <laughs> Please give yeah. us that. And he deserves it. I mean, you know... He talked about it a bit in his post fight, but you know, 
him taking that fight against Shane, you know, he has everything to lose in that fight. Oh, yeah. You know, because Don Shanus is still a very credible mixed martial artist who at any point could put his lights out, and it's the biggest win in his career. Mm-hmm. Sadiq doesn't really gain He said it. This is high risk, low reward. But he took it one week's notice, did what he should have done, and did what he needed to do. So I think he deserves some recognition for that. Absolutely. One more result. Brendan Allen defeating Christoph Jaco in uh, round one via rear naked choke makes it three wins in a row. And I'll tell you what, uh, since taking that early loss or that loss four fights ago, and I, I just looked at it last night, I'm blanking who he lost to, but Brendan Allen making a good comeback here. Um, and I don't know why this card was, this fight was so low on the card, but I think he, I, I just, I really think Brendan Allen, there's still a ton of potential for him Mm -hmm. that maybe he hasn't, um, Shown all t- shown it, but I think when he came in, there was a lot of hype around him, mm-hmm. and, and I think he's really building back to it. So good for him. Um, also, um, Alira Latifi beating Alexi Olenek. Um, that was another kind of bigger result. But before we move on from this card, I, I want to stop and just kind of, we talked about it before, but briefly discuss this whole Mark Zuckerberg stuff. Okay. At least as I understood it, once again, no inside, obviously. Just a fan watching at home, following like everybody else. But on Tuesday or Wednesday, it was being reported that this event was going to be closed off to the public and all media. Um, the UFC didn't announce or explain why. Then I think on Thursday, if I remember, Mackenzie Dern said in her pre-fight interview that she was told Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg excuse me, had rented out the Apex to watch the fights. Um, Dana responded that next day on Twitter saying that it was all BS. He didn't rent it out and that that wasn't true. But Saturday night there was only one person in the building too and it was mark zuckerberg and his wife uh sitting uh cage side there with dana mm. i'm already seeing a ton of hilarious memes about it is like dana white's the only guy that can tell us mark zuckerberg didn't rent out the apex and then mark zuckerberg's the only guy and then sit right next to him like you know what i mean like it's yeah. crazy um i guess i don't really want to get too much into the weeds on that because i mean who even knows i'm sure there's people that know way more than us journalists that you can listen to and they'll explain it my my take of it as a fan, my biggest issue sitting at home is I felt like it took so much attention away from the fighters and the event itself that it became a bigger story than the event. Um, and I think taking that away from the fighters and the ability to perform in front of fans as well and, you know, maybe family, friends, all that kind of stuff. Um, and to my knowledge, you know, I haven't seen why why he rented it out you know there's been a lot of speculation but I just kind of feel like for me it kind of took away from especially Mackenzie Dern and Jan Shoutdown you know it took away from their main event and all the fighters like I said I couldn't and, and if they knew prior maybe but I, that's not the vibe I got you know it seems like they they thought there was going to be fans there but then it just became such like a circus almost around Zuckerberg and why he was there and stuff so, so. You're, you're saying post event that you feel like the Zuckerberg stuff pre-event my okay, issue is okay. pre-event I mean I don't, you know, I think once the fighters get in there, they are the show and they, they, they more than made up for, do you feel like they should have not kept it under wraps? Do you feel like at least, yeah. Or just be transparent with it, you know, because it just created this weird energy around the whole event. I felt like where Mm. people were like more talking about why is Mark Zuckerberg renting out the apex than actually talking about the fights itself. And especially a big fight that we saw in two very competitive ladies and, and Dern and Sean Allen. And it kind of took their main event away. I felt like a little bit Mm. now once they got in there and fight, I thought you feel like fans were the ones asking that question. 
Or no, oh no, I think everybody was. The media mm. I, I'm just no, I'm saying me as a fan, I felt like watching this all kind of play out is in the week leading up to this fight, it took all the attention away from the fighters and the event and put it on Zuckerberg. Why okay, is he so there? So the metaverse, all this other stuff. And yeah. it just I just don't think that was very fair to them. And then for the UFC, at that point it's like, why are you not being transparent about it? Because then it's just only fueling the fire and making it a bigger deal. But, you know, that was kind of my whole take on it. Yeah, I I'm not going to get into it because I have some other thoughts <laughs> and I don't want to get like political sure. or anything on this. I understand. Um, and, well, and there was, you know, there, there was the speculation that uh, Zuckerberg's whole metaverse, he's like the CEO of meta and that he wants, you know, the metaverse, his metaverse is like this interactive virtual reality thing where you like, um, you use like, um, what avatars and stuff. So yeah. there were some people saying that maybe he's going to do something metaverse with the UFC and make it more interactive for these apex shows and mm. make it more, I don't know. But to me, it just was like, it was weird. And then like I said, Dana to just be like, they're definitely, he's definitely not renting it out. And then it's like, well, there's nobody else. there. Did anybody question, like ask him in like a post fight? No, thing because about media, it? media wasn't oh, allowed. Well, okay. That's fair. That's that fair. was a whole thing. Like mm. nobody, so was you allowed. know, somebody will ask him the next time he gets interviewed so for sure. But out. I mean, I can only imagine what his answer is going to be, but I just felt like we should touch on that real quick. Cause it was a big deal, obviously. Um, but before we get into our news, Braden, one more result that we have to talk from earlier in the week, Tuesday night, Dana White's contender series. The problem. (laughs) Defeating Donovan Beard in just 52 seconds in round one via triangle choke, folks. Um, Moving himself to 3-0 in his MMA MMA career and officially earning that UFC contract. So, Brandon, before we move on Mm -hmm. with Bo Nickel, explain to people who maybe don't know who Bo Nickel is and why everyone cares so much about a prospect with only three MMA fights. Explain who he is, why the hype is there. Okay, Bo Nickel is a absolutely fantastic wrestler. Um, he he is a winner of the, um, what's called the Hodge Dan Trophy. Hodge winner, yeah, twenty nineteen, and, and um, that is like the most prestigious award you can win mm-hmm. um, as a wrestler at that. So, um, yeah, he's just a monumental wrestler. He's got three NCAA t- championships at three different weight classes, yep. which is also insane for three those Big of you Ten who know. champions. Yep. Um, he's he's competed in, on the national scene. He's got multiple victories there. Um, he's just a, he's just an insane high level wrestler. Um, bigger than than Askren. Like think of your high level wrestlers that have competed. Mm. He's bigger mm. um, yeah. in terms of MMA. And you throw in the fact he's only had three MMA fights, and Crazy. you start looking at how those have panned out. Um, he is just kind of shown even this with this last fight, especially yeah. that he's as much of a wrestler as he is. He's not just a wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> like he's turning himself into a complete mixed martial artist. And um, it's it's just going to be really, you know, we talk about a lot watching guys learn how to fight in the UFC. And that just doesn't typically happen yeah. well with guys. This is kind of one of those times where it might look a little different. I think on some level he's learning to fight in the UFC. But um, again, with that caliber of wrestling he brings, he's able to just do things a little differently. Yeah. So, so yeah, there's always exceptions to rules, you know, and he's definitely seeming this, this point to be that exception. Um, but you can see like everything Brandon said, why the hype is there for Bo Nickel coming into this. Um, but just talk about as small as the sample size as that fight was, but this fight specifically, how impressive was Bo beating a very legit opponent in Donovan Beard who came into that fight with a seven and one professional championship belt. Yeah. And you go look at Donovan Beard and the guys he's beat, he's beat guys with good records, you know, so it's not like he just, he wasn't a paint can, you know, and especially not for a guy in Bo who only had, 
two professional fights before that. But just talk about that fight because, you know, you saw the feints. And, and every, so, go ahead. Yeah, so two two things that stood out to me. The first one, which was a question that I, I was curious to see if we would get the answer to, was does Bo Nickel have power? Because his very first fight, you saw him get that knockout yeah. against, I don't even know the guy's name, I to be remember. honest. Um, and it looked pretty good, but it's like, okay, that you know that guy kind of seemed <clears throat> like he could have been a scrub. You know, it looked good. Yeah. But this fight, the left hand he, he hit Beard with just floored him and yeah. i mean you okay so the answer is the question is answered bo nickel's got some power right um and because of the wrestling like you said b before he landed that left hand he was doing a lot of fainting yeah. so right there you already see the problem guys are gonna have to deal with yes. you got a wrestler who can take you down when he wants and he can, and if he touches you yeah. you're gonna, probably gonna sit down for a little bit yeah um and then the second thing that stood out to me was the way he won which was he got to mount immediately off the, the guillotine yes and didn't didn't stay there like a lot of wrestlers. No, what did he do? He threw in a triangle from Mount, rolled over to his, his back. back. <laughs> yeah, rolled over to his back and finished it there. Thought about an armbar for a little second there, but didn't need to. Yeah. Um, this dude is is getting to be a well-rounded fighter. And again, he he's looking good. I mean, that triangle was slick. Um, I went back to watch some of his grappling matches mm -hmm. from the UFC's yep. uh, little program. He had a match against Taza. Gordon. Uh, did he face Gordon? His first grappling match was against, yes, the Gordon Ryan. Yeah. If you go back and watch that, man, he'd only been training jiu-jitsu for six months. Yeah. Gave Gordon some fits. Um, Gordon obviously finished with a triangle. Yeah. But Bo's just a special athlete, man. And the grappling alone is just, it's still increasing in terms of his abilities. Yeah. So he's going to be a fun guy to watch. And, and, and you know, dude, yeah, you hit it right on the head. And it's like, there, you can't really compare him to anybody. But, like, when you throw out, like, Cejudo and Askren and some of these other guys, like, I think it's even hard to compare him to that. I look at him, especially with the hype around him and his achievements and, and the character and the name. It's like you almost have to look more like a Brock Lesnar, I feel like, in terms of coming into the sport of mixed martial arts. Um, and think about Brock. Like, when you go back and think about Brock Lesnar's early MMA career especially, the striking was not really existent. I mean, it just right. wasn't there. He's just going in and just blasting guys, blasting through guys. Think about the strike defense. You know, he did not enjoy getting hit at all. We mm -hmm. still haven't fully seen um, Bo's, you know, We'll get to some of the numbers here in a minute, but right. it hasn't been hit. Um, Correct. So we'll have to see how that looks. But, yeah, what Brandon said, what I've seen, at least through this point, is there's a complete dedication to the sport of mixed martial arts and every aspect of it, putting himself on his back. I mean, he is a wrestler. We just went through his wrestling accolades, and from a young age as a wrestler, from the beginning, you are taught, do not be on your back, right? And um, a lot of wrestlers kind of struggle with that mentally. And, I mean, the willingness to go there. And I think it was Luke Thomas, like, even had mentioned, and I didn't even think about it watching it, was he locked that up without any arms. Yeah, He basically just used his life, mm -hmm. which is, un I mean, it's, it's very doable, but I mean, the strength, I mean, everything it takes to do that, it's like, you just know how to do a trial. Well, it takes know? a, it, uh, also the mental side, like to have the awareness to use your legs as opposed to your arms. Yes. That's like a level of, that's a different level of jujitsu. Like when guys 100%. start using their legs for things they typically use their arms yeah. for, um, and he's doing that off of his back, yeah. you know? So go back if you can and watch his match yes. with Oliver Taza, because he willingly sits to guard in that match and plays guard against Oliver Taza. And he looks good yeah i mean he looks like a like he belongs there so as we mentioned moving to three and oh and three five in excuse me and in those three fights just some numbers they are all first round finishes two by submission one by tko or knockout um he has a total fight time of two minutes and 45 seconds combined in all three fights so hasn't even fought the equivalent of a full mixed martial mm -hmm. arts round in his career has absorbed zero strikes do these numbers sound familiar yeah 
<laughs> Speaking and he called him out. We'll get to the wolf in a minute, but I think it goes without saying, I'm going to ask you anyways, at 185 pounds, do you think there's a championship ceiling for Bo Nickel in the UFC? Um, I definitely think he gets there. I, we still have a lot of questions yes. that need answered, right? Can he get? Can he take a hit? Can he? Can he go three rounds? Can he go five rounds? Um, how does he do against guys who who can shut down his wrestling? Um, you know, a lot of questions to be answered. But if he's as good as we think he is, maybe we don't have to answer some of those questions because we asked the same questions yep. about guys like Habib, right? Yep. And yep. he never had to answer because nope. he just continued to do what he wanted. So. And his wrestling injects, we, Brandon, you just talked about it a couple weeks ago. I can't remember in what reference to, but his wrestling injects something into 185 pounds that is not there right now. Yeah. He is going to be, just right now, uh, being technically not making an, a UFC debut, but being on the roster, he is the best wrestler at 185 pounds 100%. in the UFC. Mm-hmm. So almost instantly, you know, people theorizing about, how they were going to book Bo, who they should book him against in his debut. Um, some suggesting they should take it a bit slow. Others saying he should go right into some top 15 competition. Mm-hmm. Bo himself calling out the wolf, Hamzat Shemaev, which is funny um, because you do look at those numbers I mentioned earlier from Bo's three fights, and they do sound in comparison a lot like Hamzat's first couple fights yeah. in the UFC until the Gilbert fight, honestly. Um, but now we do know Bo Nickel will make his official UFC debut against Jamie Pickett at UFC 282 on December 10th. Before I get to your thoughts, I want to run through who Jamie Pickett is as a fighter. Pickett is 13-8 and eight in his MMA career, entered off the contender series like Bo, took Pickett three times to earn that contract, going 1-3 and three on the show in comparison to Bo's 2-0. and oh. um, He is just 2-4 and four in the UFC and is currently on a two-fight losing streak. He's definitely not the needle mover I think most fans were hoping for in Bo's debut fight, um, but I think that just tells us exactly what the UFC's game plan is. It's probably going to take it slow with yeah. Bo at first, um, but your thoughts on the matchup with Jamie Pickett? Yeah, honestly, I'm one of those guys that was like, give me him and Hamzat. I don't even care. <laughs> give me him and Hamzat think, at 185. I think it was a bit much. For, oh, no, I, mean, I was I, there, man. Because, like, can you just imagine? Were, dude, oh, I'm telling you, I saw some crazy stuff from people, and it, I, I mean, Hamzat's not a, I mean, dude, there, I think after that night, you could have convinced people to let him take Pajeda out, put, <laughs> put him in for Izzy. I mean, dude, I, it's not. So uh, that's where I was, but then seeing the Jimmy Pickett, like th- like you said, okay, now I know what they're doing. Yeah, so it, gonna build it a little. All bit. right, you know, we'll watch the slow the slow boil. See see where at it goes. least the first one. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't think it's gonna be slow moving the whole time. I think it's like let's get you in the actual UFC octagon and in an arena or whatever, mm-hmm. and just let you go out and do it against a guy who's done it a lot. You know, Pickett's not. Like I said, I mean, we went through his numbers there. Not exactly like, you know, if he loses that fight, he's probably out of the UFC, right, honestly. Right. Um, I think I would, I think, I think I'm okay with Bo fighting outside the top 15 for his first fight, like they're choosing to do. But I probably would have booked him a bit stronger than they did. You know, all due respect to Pickett, I just think there's bigger names out there that make more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give actually three guys who currently don't have fights booked and I think would have been m- way better and much more respectable fights for Bo. And the first one is Gerald Mershart, mm-hmm. who 
shades of Hamzat, right? You know, we saw Hamzat's only fight in the UFC at 185 pounds was against Mershart. Mm -hmm. But Mershart's a game veteran, dude, mm -hmm. and he's very tough. He's very crafty with the submissions. Yep. So what better measuring stick to know where Bo is to see if he can go do to Mershart what Hamzat did? I agree. It'd be interesting. Mm -hmm. The other one, our boy, Anthony Fluffy Hernandez, you know, just outside the top 15 um, and so well-rounded. Mm -hmm. I mean, Fluffy can do it everywhere. He's beat Hadolfo Vieira a Brazilian jiu-jitsu champion. So let's see what he can do against a division one champion. Yeah. And he's that damn good. He could, he could do it. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying, and none of these picks are like, let's feed him to Bo. Cause I'm not saying Bo could win these fights. I think it's interesting. Right. Like, that's that's, what, that's what we want to find mm -hmm. out. Um, and then Fluffy's on a three fight win streak. So you know where he's at. Mm -hmm. Last one, this one probably I think could have been the most realistic, um, is Armin Petrosian. Um, Armand's only had three fights in the UFC, came to mixed martial arts from kickboxing, much like Bo, who transitioned from another sport. Um, Armand only has a 7-2 and two record in mixed martial arts his whole career. Um, also not a ton of experience like Bo, um, but does hold a win over Robocop Rodriguez, who mm -hmm. is a very legit, so, you know, Armand's not, He's, he's a legit mixed martial yeah, artist with no a legit slouch. win, Look. right? And only, you know, not much of a difference in the Donovan Beard in terms mm -hmm. of experience in the sport, but has experience in other sports like Bo does. So mm -hmm. I thought that could have been an interesting one. Um, any of those maybe stand out specifically or I like the GM3. I like GM3 because, like you said, I really like the um, the kind of correlation with Hams out there. Yeah. Um, and GM3's looked good, man. I yeah. think he's three on his, he's the one his last three, yeah, two or I think three. So. Um, so I like that one a lot. He's a name that people know. Yes. Um, but I think in terms of the realism, too, your last pick was probably the most realistic. Um, Petrosian. Yeah. So, but, you yeah. know, we'll see what goes well, well with him and, and pick And then it. I think from here, you just see, you have to see how he looks against Pickett. If he wins, I say definitely throw him in the top 15. and Not his ranking, but give him a top 15 opponent, depending how impressive it is, maybe top 10. Mm -hmm. I mean, just because if it's dominant against Pickett, yeah. I mean, what are we waiting on? Who knows? You know what you I know, mean? Hamza um, ran into Gilbert Burns, and then he won, but we yeah. got to see where he was at, right? So yes. it, you know, we're going to have to get there. And we so. still, like you said, still got to see him get hit, have mm -hmm. to see him get a bit tested, but it may take him being in the top 15, yeah. top 10 before we see that. Exactly. It took, took Burns for Hamza, right? Ex so. Exactly, 100%. So that's what we have on Bo Nickel. I think, um, you know, you look at like Patty Pimblett or, you know, some, who else of the UFC, you know, talent, you know, Sugar Sean O'Malley. One of the biggest, pro if not the biggest prospect, I think, coming into to the UFC, um, especially off the Contender Series, mm. the most impressive Contender Series performances, most dominant Contender Series performances in the history of that program or show, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Um, and I'm telling you, this dude, he's, he's very, <laughs> very legit. Mm-hmm. Brandon, let's get to the news. Going on the news. Mm. Going on the news. Mm if you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. There's John for you. Yeah, John has work, always working himself into every episode. What a... Gosh. Sometimes I just want to hit him. <laughs> I don't even know why I just said I just, that. I just want to... Now that you say that, I just want to watch the two of you spar. Like, Oh, we've sparred plenty of times. I know, times. but I don't remember seeing it. I just want to no. see it. You know what's funny? Like... Obviously, we've been friends for so long that, like, we're basically just brothers. Mm -hmm. So, like, when we do stuff like that, we do it. Like, we go hard mm -hmm. on each other. Like, it's probably a little too much. Like, we always joke when we roll, we probably take, like, 10 years off of each other's lives. Whereas, like, Jeez. if you're watching it, you're like, what are these guys do? But it's a lot. I mean, you know, there's a lot going on. It's a on. lot of inertia. Oh, yeah. dude, if I get cut, it's like, it's always John. Like, mm -hmm. after a roll, like, if I get home and I have, I get in the shower and you're like, ah, oh, what's that burning? And you got mm -hmm. those scratches on your shoulder. It's yeah. always from John. But it's... 
No. All in good fun. I'll, I'll keep that word out of it. But he, he, he's a little sissy. You know, that's why he scratches. <laughs> Brandon, let's start out with a few fight announcements. And we're actually going to start in the PFL as newly signed Shane Burgos will make his promotional debut alongside another UFC castaway making his PFL debut, Marlon Moraes, in November. Um, important to remember, Burgos leaving the UFC on a two-fight win streak. Dana very vocal about how they should have never let him go. And as we mentioned a few weeks ago, Marlon ending his short-lived retirement to join the PFL. Um, and I'd like your thoughts real quick on Marlon coming out of retirement because I was thinking about this week. I feel like we haven't seen an MMA guys being successful post-retirement in other sports. Like anytime we've heard fighter a coming out of retirement to face so-and-so it's like, it never really pans out. You know, you can, in other sports, you've seen guys do it, right? I mean, I wouldn't even count Tom Brady in recent, he didn't really retire, but Mm. you know, you've seen like Brett Favre, you know, some guys, Michael Jordan, you know, they can come out, but like it just an MMA, which is still a young sport in comparison to these other major sports. It's just so different. And you just haven't, I feel like maybe you could make the argument of like a GSP, who came out for one fight against Bisping to be champion. But I just, can you think of anybody off top who like post-retirement came back and looked like a, a, an actual contender? And then he's fighting Shane Burgos, who, like I said, (laughs) is a killer. Yeah. It's not like he was coming off of some lackluster losses or anything. You know, he's looking good. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think, I, I can't think of anybody that's looked good coming out of retirement. Um, the only thing I guess I could say is that it was such a short retirement, like you said. Yeah, but sure. looking at Marlon's last few fights, man, I yeah, I don't. I, I think there's a reason he was wanting to retire. And uh, yeah, so very I, scary knockouts. Yeah, too. so I don't feel good about it. So I don't either. I just like I said, I I think as we continue to 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 observe this sport and as as athletes continue to compete in it you know, the, the quicker guys get out, I think is going to be hopefully like we talked about with Silva last week. It's like, hopefully that's the future. You know, these guys like Silva and Marais are just, they're kind of going to be something that fades out of the sport a little mm-hmm. bit. I mean, I'm sure you're always going to have those guys that'll, and girls that'll stick around a little bit too long, but yeah, I just, I don't know, man. And like, just like I said, like Shane Burgos being his first fight back, mm-hmm. it's like, whew, okay. Um, another fantastic fight announcement that gets me super pumped. Armand Sarukian versus Damir Ismagulov, December 17th. This is a extremely high-level lightweight matchup against two guys in the top 15 who look like absolute monsters right mm-hmm. now. And this fight gets me all hot and bothered. I mean, just <laughs> thinking about this matchup, these guys are both extremely, extremely well-rounded. Mm-hmm. And I... So pumped for that fight. Sarukian's your boy, man. Yeah. Dude, I really like Ismagulov, too, his <laughs> last one. And I'm telling you, man, whoever comes out of this fight as a winner, it's got to be the next guy up. Okay. Got to be the guy that goes into that top five, maybe, you know, definitely in the top ten, but probably the top five and starts mixing it up with some guys in there. We'll see. We will see. Then we have, as mentioned earlier, Gregory Robocop himself versus Brad Tavares on January 21st. Robocop is getting his much-deserved top 15 opponent and against an absolute veteran in Brad Tavares, mm-hmm. who I think doesn't always get the credit that he deserves. You know, he's got he got into the Ultimate Fighter after just five professional fights and has then fought every fight in his MMA career in the UFC, which dates back to 2010. Um, 21 fights total for Brad Tavares. In comparison, Michael Bisping holds the most fights in that division uh, with 24. Mm-hmm. So it's not crazy to think that Brad Tavares doesn't, you know, finish off his mixed martial arts career as possibly the most 
fightingest <laughs> middleweight of all most time. Fights. Yeah, yeah. I, but he just he stayed revel- relevant, man, and he always is right there in the rankings, kind of always floating around the top. Mm-hmm. Always so tough, never has a boring fight. And him and RoboCop is gonna be yeah, because RoboCop's fights are not boring either. No, so it's gonna be RoboCop versus like a Transformer, and they're just gonna keep crashing <laughs> into each other over and over. Uh, next thing I got, Brandon, Big Ben Rothwell wins his bare knuckle debut in just nineteen seconds. Whoa! Literally, just like charged across the ring and just started bombing on this guy. <laughs> then delivered one of his like little post fight patented Ben Rothwell. With the little laugh, <laughs> level Big Ben. Well, good for him. So it's kind of a mixed bag with the mixed martial arts guys going over to bare knuckles. Yeah. So good it, for him. You know what? I didn't even have that in my notes, and that's that's a very how much credit does he deserve for that? Because we have not seen guys leaving the UFC even go straight into bare knuckle and and necessarily always look that good or that mm-hmm. dominant early because it is such a different sport. Um, Edson Barbosa, Brandon, out due to injury in his bout with Ilya Tapura at UFC Vegas 63. Have not seen any talk yet about a new opponent for Tapura or if they're going to rebook it, so we'll keep you guys posted on that. Lastly, Aspen Ladd officially released by the UFC after missing weight in her last bout with Sarah McMahon. Um, Ladd came into that fight at 138 pounds two pounds over the 135 pound obviously offer a pound uh, allowance so she was two pounds over that is her third fight to be canceled due to her weight issues and then you even go back to the Jermaine Durandamine fight where she was on the scale she made weight but she was like shaking mm-hmm. you could hear the scale like you mm-hmm. know what I mean and she was like shaking and almost mm-hmm. like about to pass out and they still let her fight somehow yeah. um, just you know and had some experimental runs at 45 but I don't know, man. I feel like the people who miss weight would be well served to go to one because they have their kind of different like the hydration. Uh, yeah, the hydration tests and things. So then yeah. they'd be in a, a weight category that better suits them. Sure. Um, so I think that that's the that's the move for those yeah. guys. Pitbull Patricky retaining his title last night. Um, and then you also had did you see this Aaron Pico? fight or have you seen the videos of it no. i can't remember his opponent guys sorry i don't john's our bellator he usually he has i think it's showtime or whatever so i didn't get to see it um but aaron pico is an absolute stud in bellator former wrestler is really killing it in mma right now threw his shoulder out and in between rounds brandon gibson uh his striking coach literally comes in the cage as Pico is walking back to the stool and is yanking his arm like violently trying to get his shoulder to pop back into place. I don't know if they actually ever got it, but the doctor came over and was like, no, like, and, and thank God, you know what I mean? It's like, but dude, I'm telling you what, like the toughness for P and people, he would, Aaron Pico was just like sitting there like, mm-hmm. oh, whatever, keep doing Like He was just like, it was nothing. I could not imagine the pain of your shoulder. I'll show you the video. Mm-hmm. It was like insane. And he was just like taking it like it was nothing. But yeah. I wish John was here to talk more. I don't wish John was here. Um, but <laughs> so back and forth. He, he, yeah, we're still kind of back and forth on if we want John here or not. What do you think John offers to this show? I think I ain't the news a lot. That's his whole segment, man. All right, fair. Yeah. But other than his... Um, you know, Lonely Heart Boys picks, not a lot, Ugh, right? Yeah, well. <laughs> it's just he, so. He won last season, and it, then I don't know, man. It's so gross. Yeah. I like, just, grow up. <laughs> like, make a pick, man. Like, I just, like, I think he just sees, like, fighters, and he's like, oh, he's on a, th- like, he probably don't even know some of these guys are on, like, three or four fight losing streaks, and he's just like, Edson Barbosa, that's my boy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, he'll win. Mm. <laughs> don't want to disrespect Barbosa. I just. His name's right there on my notes, yeah, so I just threw I it out it. there. Mackenzie Dern? Oh, I love her. <laughs> Brandon, uh, you had Song of the Week. I informed you 
right before we started recording that I'm taking it from yeah. you. You didn't give me much um, uh, feedback or uh, uh, heat. You didn't no really, resistance. You, no resistance. There you yeah. go. Uh, you didn't come back at me, so I no, appreciate that. No, I was that. I was unprepared. So well, you're gonna take it next week because it would have been mine next mm-hmm. week. So you can have me next week. Um, but the reason I'm taking it is because rest in peace to the legend Coolio who died this week. So we are gonna go Coolio. It's got a couple ones, man. Obviously, Gangster's Paradise, great song. One, two, three, four, another great song. But one that I've always liked a little bit more than those two is Fantastic Voyage. Mm. Are you familiar with Coolio's song, Fantastic Voyage? Nope. I know Gangster's Paradise. That's about it. No, 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 no. Fantastic Voyage. All right. Listen to it on the way home. Okay. Uh, Brandon, what is your one for the people? Uh, one for the people. Happy birthday to my nephew. About to go to his birthday party right after this. Um, Ooh, pizza yeah. cookout. Oh, it's pizza at uh, Gravity. Good combination. Um, Their pizza's good. Yeah. We just, I, I, my nephew had his there mm. uh, back in July or August, I think. I was actually impressed. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Pretty okay. decent pizza. Let me know your review. Okay. All right. That, that's it for me. That's what you got. Yeah, I took, uh, Brandon's got me eating, there's a, Chinese place in town <laughs> and Brandon has me eating their peanut butter chicken yeah. it is phenomenal mm-hmm. I mean phenomenal and last night um, you know I've, I've lost a lot of weight but I'll always be a fat boy at heart a fat kid <laughs> and he came out last night and I cleared a whole pint of this <laughs> peanut butter chicken <laughs> And I am paying for it today yeah. <laughs> so stomach is not good um, I got through the episode though uh, but my one for the people outside of that, back-to-back weeks, Brandon, I'm going to shout out. This will never happen again. I'm going to shout out Chase Jackson on this podcast. Wow. Back-to-back weeks. This is, You got him last yeah, week. Yeah, I had him last week. So the- this has nothing to do with jiu-jitsu because I could care less. <laughs> um, okay. But I think he deserves it. Uh, Chase, since the beginning, has been an instrumental part in this podcast behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. He does the stuff that a lot of people don't see in terms of like techie stuff, helping us troubleshoot and figure things out. If we have a question, you call the guy and he's at your house 15 minutes later. Mm-hmm. Um, never once told me no when I've asked him for help, always shows up, always walks me through stuff and honestly has always figured it out. So um, shout out to Chase. Really appreciate, like I said, he helped us with, some of this, the video stuff, once again, boring stuff I won't bore people with, but um, solid dude. Um, love the guy. Like I said, he's always there when you need him. But if you're into anime, I'm going to give him a little shine. This will never happen again. <laughs> if you're into anime, check out his podcast called Anime Fix. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you would be into anime, but <laughs> everybody else is but me. So yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm not, I, there's I'm... probably some people out there. <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to have to go on there. Maybe. He keeps wanting me to do it just so we can argue. That'd be an interesting one. Yeah. I I don't know. I can't get into the anime thing. It is what it is. But you guys do. So. I'm not big into it. I like one show. John's like obsessed. Yeah, with John's it. really into it. Yeah. So, so is Damien. Everybody is. Mm-hmm. It's all good. I don't hate on it too bad. Only on Wednesdays. We will see you guys next week. Episode 100, Brandon. 100. Have no idea what we're doing for it. We're going to figure it out. I'm we got, excited. We got seven days to figure out what we're going to do because we got a, one fight to preview. No fights this week, obviously. Thank you to Heisam Rita one more time. We will see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.